rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. Episode 24, The Rant, Fabian Jara, juggling family, work, and basketball, and being the best at all things at all times. Fabian lights up in anything he's involved with, whether it's being a dean of a high school, being a salsa instructor, being a great husband, and of course, when it comes to officiating, a game of basketball. It's a great conversation where Fabe discusses his love for basketball, nutrition, and the greatness of the rock, and loving the process much more than the goal itself. All that and more. My conversation with Fabian now. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a special guest, Fabian Jarrah. How are you, my man? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd say Fabian, me and I, we've had a similar journey. He's probably a year ahead. Even though we started in the beginning, I failed. Uh, everyone knows. I, I didn't know until you told me. I was crazy. Well, now you know. And he's a dual certified official. He's a NBWBOA, right? Girl Correct. certified official. Correct. As well as a Board 41 proud member. That's it. Right? Varsity status on both. That's correct. Congratulations to your, your, you. your success and your continued success. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, how did you get into basketball? Hmm. Varsity coach at Wantaw found out that I had retired or resigned and called me. Say, hey, why don't you get into refing? I was like, hell no, man. You crazy? No way. I would never do that. Just do it. You'll like it. You'll like it. Trust me. I know you, you know. All right. Well, needless to say, took the course just, just, just to take the course and I fell in love with it. I realized how much I didn't know. I realized the rules that I didn't know and I was just like fascinated. And then the mechanics and I was just into it. So that's how I got involved. And I think that, that that perspective of the coach, being having been the coach, has helped me tremendously. I understand the game from the coaching aspect. You, you know, a, a lot of new officials who have never really been involved with basketball, they just like the game. They don't know when to look over to the coach for a timeout, for mm. example. That's an example. You yeah. know, like, you know, after a run, you should be looking over to the coach and being ready. Guys who, who, who will miss that. Or if I see there's a press, like I recognize what they're trying to do with the press. So. It helps me become a better, has, has helped me become a better official. But that's how I got into it. And now I'm all in, man. Like, I'm all into this. Now, we did talk about this off air previously. Um, I'll just say that me and Fabian, we started on or around the same time, but I definitely didn't take it as serious as you did in the beginning. Um, what, what do you think attributed to you taking it so serious? And when was the first moments that you started thinking about taking it serious? Because... In the beginning, it's a raw deal. You're in middle school. You're kind of stuck in purgatory. Not a lot of help. Not a lot of support. True. You're doing CYO games. True. So what made you want to strive and elevate? I think that's just like my personality. And I'm not just saying that just as a, as a politically correct response. Like that's My mom says that about me all the time. My mom, um, when, when I got into this, prior to, prior to refing, what I was doing as, on the side, I was a salsa instructor. 
Oh. I taught salsa. That's how I met my wife. She was in one of my classes. And oh, fortuitous for you. <laughs> exactly, right? No, and, and, but that, when I was in the salsa world, I performed in Connecticut. I performed in the city. I, I was like performing on stage. Like I performed. Anything I get involved in, I'm all in. If I enjoy it, I'm all in. I don't care about the money. Salsa didn't pay me much. They didn't pay me anything, really. It was very little, but I didn't do it for the pay. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the music, the musicality, learning how to break down music, how to br- how to choreograph something, how to learn those steps. And bro, if you ever watch me and my wife dance, it's like people get mesmerized. But anyway, I'm like that with everything in my teaching, in my salsa world. And when I was coaching, bro, when I coached, I... I worked at Syracuse camp with Jim Mahanheim. I was at Duke University with, like, I was all over the I was all over the East Coast coaching. At Rhode Island, I was in Rhode Island. I mean, I always just dive into things that I really enjoy. So I didn't look at this any different. And you and I made a con- in our conversation a little while ago when we were off air. There was something you said, and, and it reminded me. Um, I fell in love so much with the with this whole process of being a ref. I didn't give. I didn't care that I was doing a middle school game. Mm. Like I was excited. Like I was excited to go. Now looking back, and, and I'm you know I'm doing a Malloy game, Holy Cross game, and I right. look back at those middle school games. I'm like, wow, that was like, yo, I really like it was. I was like slumming it, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. But 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 no. But I loved it. So back then I didn't know the difference. Now I know the difference. Right. You know. Now I want the Christ the King games and whatever. But. Back then, bro, I didn't, I didn't care. Like, I loved wearing that uniform. I loved the whistle in my mouth. I liked, I liked adjudicating games and, and every game getting better. Because mm. I have to tell you, every single game, whether it was Island Gardens, CYO, or a BOCES game, I got better. Something my partner said, something I saw, my angle, my mechanic. Hey, I didn't get my arm up high enough, or oh, I didn't like the way I called that travel. Why was I so late on it? I'm constantly judging myself, and I'm getting better. And I, I journal in my phone after every game. I put in a couple thoughts, what I did well, what I didn't do well, what I need to do better. Mm. Every single game, I have my notes every season since I've become a ref. Awesome. And that's something I do as a person as well. As a teacher, I did that. As a salsa instructor, I did that. And now as a ref. Now, I will say that there is a big disparity um, within the level of different officials. And what I mean by that is that you're at a certain level and you might have the fortunate circumstance of working with somebody that has just started and you have the ability to mentor them. Now, since sometimes it's very uneven... I think sometimes they'll look at somebody like you and me and they see our success and they think it's easy, Mm. you know, because it's really hard to say what we say Mm -hmm. when you see us and we seem so relaxed in the chaos, Mm -hmm. but they don't remember what it was like when we first started because they don't see that with us. They already perceive us at a certain stature. Um, I think it's important just to say to people that are listening, you know, I think the best way that you have treated this the whole time is that process. The process is very important because I think when they see somebody like me and you and they think it's that easy, they want it immediately where, and I remember so many times partners and, and other people telling me like, you can't step, you can't skip steps. You know, you got to go through it. And I never understood that, but I think it's very important to just really focus on the process because everything's a blessing. And even, even Paul from crown refs, he mentioned master your middle school games, then master the JV games. Then by the time you're in varsity, you know, everything is already ready for you. By the time you get to the college level, you have already seen everything 
And then everything that you are is a totality of what you will become. So that's a very important thing. How do you think somebody can perceive that when they're so hungry and they see, you know, somebody like me and you, and that is so easy? Yeah, I mean, I think that you bring up a very good point. It's human nature. I mean, you look at people who are super successful, like The Rock. Mm-hmm. The Rock, to me, is someone I, 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 I look up to. I, not, not because he's this fantastic actor or whatever. It's just that... He's a guy who came from nothing, and now he's got all these followers. He does good things for people. He treats people well. He always he always reminds himself about his his where he came from. Right. The reason why I bring this up is yes, the guy's a multimillionaire. The guy's got homes everywhere. He's got his private jet and all that. We see all that. We want that. But are we willing to do everything he did mm. to get that? Right. So the same thing with the ref. If a guy seriously wants to become a better ref, are you willing to go to camps in the summer? Are you willing to invest money, pay $250, $300, $400 per camp to get better? Because if your answer is no, then you don't want to get better. Right. You know, yes, it's a, this is a business and it is what it is. But guess what? Every single year, every single year, I keep going to camps because every single year there's things that I need to improve on. So um, I think it's just human nature that we, we want it. But are we willing to do what it takes to get there, mm. right? Um, dude, you know how many times I've I've had like to stretch and I do I do yoga, you know, because these games are physically at our at my age. I'm not a young buck, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I got to take care of myself. So nutrition has now played a role. I've lost 53 pounds refing because of became a ref, you. and it's awesome. I feel better. I look better, but. But now it's a lifestyle. Mm. I got to watch and be mindful of what I eat. I used to never eat vegetables. I never, I never had salad. Now I'm doing that. But it's a way of life. It's not a diet. So, And it's helping me become the referee that I want to become. I don't know what that means. You know, I hope that if, you're, if, the, if someone listening to this and they're in their 20s, I hope you're aspiring to be an NBA ref. That's what I hope for you. Mm. Because even if you don't get there, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go high. You're going to be a Division One official. You're going to be making twenty-five dollars to $4,000 a game. That, you, you could do that. Now, if you're in your 30s, okay, now we got to think about it. Right? Are you going to get to that NBA? Maybe not. Or maybe you will. But my point to you here in all this is have a goal, set a goal, and everything that you do should be to achieve that goal. So if I'm sitting here and I'm telling you I, I would like to be a college official, so what do college officials have to do? They got to go to camps. They got to take care of their bodies. They got to work out. They got to read the book. And they got to analyze film. So guess what I do? I do all those things. Mm. Because I want to be a college official. I don't know, Division One, Division Two. I want to be a college official. So my point, my, my last point to, to your thing is, remind you, we weren't born being officials. Nothing. We, even walking, right? We had to learn how to walk. With refing. We're learning the steps. And as the game gets faster, then you have to learn how to adjust to that speed and then look for different things. One thing I've noticed this year, I was doing the private leagues, working like Portage games, a lot of above the rim stuff. Stuff that you're not, you don't normally see in BOCES games, right? You see all this above. So now that's a whole nother dynamic because mm-hmm. now when you're at the trail and you're not used to seeing goaltending and, and all these other things, now you, you got to do it. You got to be able to adjudicate it, you know? So... Understanding that the process is important as much as the goal. Right. So 
you're, you're probably at the penultimate stage. And what I mean by that is, speaking of adjustment, you have elevated, for the most part, on all facets in the varsity for Catholic City, for Nassau County, for both boards. Um, what, what's your experience been just doing varsity games in comparison to what you were accustomed to before? I think that the biggest difference, um, aside from, the, you know, the obvious with the kids is uh, a bigger, faster, and, you know, better basketball players. Aside from that, the coaches, dealing with the coaches. Coming from the coaching aspect, you know, I think I'm, I'm a little bit more sympathetic and compassionate than other officials. I've worked with partners who have said to me, I don't take crap from these guys. But I sit there and I say, you know what? Have you, do you know what it's like to practice six days a week with a team? Watch film with the team, bring them to the gym, do all these shooting drills, making sure they at home. Uh, I, I would call players. Curfew is 10. I would call players. Make, uh, I want to make sure you're home. So why do I say that? Because all those things that lead up to that game, right, are important. That's why the guy goes nuts when we miss a call. I get it. He worked so hard to prepare his kids for that one game. Meanwhile, we just made sure our bags were packed. We made sure we had all of our jacket and our pants and our socks and we show up to the game. We ref the game and we leave. But I have the understanding that there was a lot of work that went into that game. So what I'm watching in the varsity is the coaches, man, how to talk to the coaches, how to talk them off the ledge, how to get them to be like, coach, coach, you got to respect We got to respect me. Got to respect me. I, I get it. You're upset. But again, how do you do that in not so many words? Because we can't be sitting there having conversation. So how do you get your point across quickly, professionally, nicely, but also sternly with authority? I think that that's been my biggest challenge at the varsity. I, I, it, the biggest thing is everything else I'm adjusting to. The speed of the game. I'm adjusting to the you know athleticism of the game. But that's been my biggest, uh, I think, my biggest problem. And I have to keep my ego in check. Remember, I'm a teacher. Mm. By, by, by trade, I'm a teacher dean. I'm a dean. So I'm used to people when I walk into a room, people right. be quiet. Yeah. Now I'm a ref. Mm. I'm, I'm nobody. I'm, you know, the day I do a good job is the day that you say, I didn't even notice you were there. Right? We talked about that, being invisible. So I think it, for the varsity games, that's been the biggest thing. And girls and boys. Because think about it. These guys now have playoffs. Their job is predicated on wins and losses. Maybe that junior high coach, no. That JV, the science teacher who watches NBA. and he, No, he doesn't care. These guys know. These guys know the rules. They know the game. And they have a lot of vested in it. So I think that's been the biggest thing for me. Well, also, just, just the fact that you were a varsity head coach in Nassau County for five years. How does that... How has your, been, your rapport been initially and how has it changed over time as a varsity basketball official? That's a great question, man. I mean, I, the biggest thing that I had to learn was they're not my buddies anymore, right? Um, you know, as refs, we're not their buddies. That, that's it. That's, that's the bottom line. They, you know, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes, and I don't want to get off topic, but I think one of the mistakes that a lot of newer officials make is that they, they want to, oh, I want to have a good rapport with the coach. Yeah, we want to have a good rapport. But that's not, that should not be your ultimate goal. Your ultimate goal should be having a better rapport with, with the players, mm -hmm. right? Uh, understanding the, the game that you're in at that moment, the flow of the game. The coach is a part of that equation, but he shouldn't be the most important. And I think that in the beginning, 
when I was showing up to gyms. So you remember, as a junior high official, none of the varsity guys saw me. As a JV official, some saw me, and the word got out. And then when I became a varsity official and I would show up, in the past, it would be, hey, Fabe, how you doing? I would, you know, shake hands, hugs, and all that. Now it's, how you doing, coach? Uh, where's the locker room? Right away, I set that, I set that boundary. Hey, Fabe, how you doing? I'm doing well, coach. How's your season going? Good, good. All right, uh, coach, where's the, where's the locker room? I, I'm not here to talk to you. I'm not here to be your friend. Mm-hmm. So um, it, I, I did have a coach um, last season call me after a game I did for him. He called, he had my number. He called me. I didn't recognize the number. I pick up. Hello. He's like, hey, Fabe, it's a uh, coach. Hey, coach, what's going on? He's like, right, listen, I want to talk to you a little bit about that game, some of the calls that your partner made. I said, coach, this is a very unethical call. I said, you're not calling me to see how my wife is. And, you know, when I, I'm not, I can't have this conversation with you. I'm, I apologize. You know, I, I get, I get maybe what your intentions are. And I, and I appreciate, and I said to him, I appreciate that you have faith in me to give me this call, but I can't have this conversation with you because now I'm a ref. That's it. I'm not a coach anymore. And that's been the biggest change. In the beginning, when people would say, coach, coach, I would turn around. I don't do that anymore. I can't, I can't remember when it happened, but I stopped turning around when someone calls coach. Mm. Because I used to, think about it. Yeah. How yeah. many years? I was coaching 19 years in total. Uh, uh, sorry, 14 years in total. 14 years. So for 14 years, coach, 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 coach. Now it's, I hear coach, I don't even, I don't even flinch, you know? Uh, some of them still call me coach though. Some of them still sit when they, hey coach, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? You know, but uh, I let that slide. Um, but that was a challenge in the beginning, setting the boundary. I'm a, I'm, I don't know if you agree with this statement, but I'm a very approachable, very a friendly person. So to now walk into a gym and not be friendly, mm. that was weird for me because that's not me. But I had to I had to understand that I needed to do that in order to be a successful official. Right. Or else I wouldn't be. Yeah. And I'll just say I'll, I'll give you a lot of credit. Um, you know, as everyone knows, I ref a lot of sports. The one sport that I do not ref is volleyball. And the reason why I don't ref volleyball is because I'm so close to the game. I've been coaching at Kellenberg for 20 years. And I don't know if I would be able to all of a sudden jump into officiating and be able to unlearn everything that I know about the game. Hmm. That would be that'd be a raw deal for me hmm. personally. So I definitely give you a, a, a kudos for that. Thank but you. I will say, what what do you identify yourself more as? A mm. basketball official or a coach? Because obviously it's it's been such a big part of your life. Hmm. And obviously, you know, basketball refing right now is what it is. But, you know, you can't get... You, you look back and, I mean, you, you're an accomplished coach. I mean, even if you haven't won... X amount of championships, you still touch nah, kids' well. lives, you know? You know, um, I will have to say I'm both. And reason for that is what you just said at your last comment. Currently on Instagram, so some of the kids that follow me are former players. And they'll hit me up on my birthday and say, Coach, happy birthday. Mm-hmm. I have one player that every Father's Day sends me a card, sends me something. He doesn't have a father. I was his father during high school. I love him. Like, I love this kid. Mm. Man, he's a man now. But my point is, he'll always forever call me coach. Always, forever. And I will for always and forever respond to him when he calls me coach. Right? So I'm both. I'm both. Now, I don't have aspirations to get back into coaching. Not I love all. this so much. Mm. 
I miss coaching. I miss coaching the game. I miss teaching the kids the game. I miss coaching games. But I will never go back to it because I think I was meant to be a ref, honestly. Well, that can be concurrent because obviously I still coach a volleyball team. Having said that, would you ever officiate any other sports or would you ever coach another sport? I currently am um, I am currently coaching football at, okay. at, at Valley Stream North um, uh, Junior High Football. Um, I'm thinking of actually officiating football. I think that's that's going to be my next. Uh, you put something in my head today. Someone's been talking to me about lacrosse, mm-hmm. but listening to you talk to me today about lacrosse, that might be something I want to do in the spring. That's great. Because baseball, we already discussed, I can't do baseball. I don't want to get hit with balls, and I don't like the the elements. You don't even have to tell me the reasons as to why you don't want to do it. But I would like to do lacrosse uh, and football. I'll just say somebody for you. Since basketball is such a big part of your life, 365 days, Mm -hmm. for me, you know, everyone thinks I'm crazy that I do all these sports, but it keeps me fresh, man. You know, like sometimes when I'm on that baseball diamond, and the game is like four hours, it makes me miss basketball. Where if you're doing eight games in a row and you know on Sunday you got six more games and then Monday you got a big game, it's, it's, it's too much basketball. That's true. Especially like when it's the middle of January and it's winding down. But it's not really winding down because you still got 60 games yeah, left. Right. Right? So for me, it's, it's you know, I do, I do flag football every Sunday. It's a good break. You know, even though it's outside. That's a good point. It, it it really helps me to go, I miss basketball and I want to come back. I will say this, though, and I think this is just a life lesson of what you just said. Bro, we could look at every I, – I used to tell the kids. What I loved about basketball and, and teaching these kids was that I used basketball as a metaphor for life, right? And I would say to them, you know, we would run – Suicides, where now they call ladders or whatever. Anyway, run suicides. And the kids, if they didn't touch the line, I would have them repeat it. And I would say to them, guys, you're not understanding. You're cutting corners. Don't cut corners. You don't get to cut corners in life, bro. Like, this is teaching you that we don't cut corners. We, if, if, if we as a team need to touch six lines, we're going to touch six lines. And that's that. And that's how it is. If we're in the middle of the game and I'm asking you to run Duke, I'm asking you to run this play, which is a isolation play for the point guard and, and the center. And I don't. I want to be able to have confidence in that you guys are going to do what I'm asking you to do and, and have that trust. So what's my point? Looking at us, balance, bro. That's, I think everything in life, there needs to be balance, right? If, if you only want to hang out with your wife because you love her so much, well, then you can't neglect your friends. You can't neglect family. You got that balance. You love refing so much to the point where you're never home and now wifey is, feels that she's been abandoned. Whatever. You have to have balance. So that's my point. Like I think what we're talking about here is balance. So if I officiate something else, I think basketball will always remain a passion for me rather than something I just do for money. Because mm. think about it. If I'm refing in the spring, I'm doing it for the money. If I'm refing in the summer, I'm doing it for the money. If I'm refing in the fall, I'm doing it for the money. Think about that. So it might get old. What I love so much about this might get old. So I am contemplating doing the football. I'm assuming if I do football, I would qualify to do flag, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you knew this. This is a, an official varsity sport in the city. 
So PSAL has varsity flag, flag football? football for girls and boys. What? Yeah. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. And it's awesome because now you can Really? Have, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a whole New York Times article about it, how um, the NFL's behind it, you know, in light of the concussions yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to um, keep the kids engaged in the sport. But it's awesome because I, I don't know if you've ever really watched flag football. It's, it's kind of like a combination of the best elements of football and the best elements of basketball because, you know, you can't, you can't be as physical anymore. So you have to have, be more nuanced and you can't have yeah, that yeah, much contact. Right. So it's, it's, it's a great sport. And I love it's, it. It, you know, I, I treat it as a different sport than football because it is, you know, just different types of strategy. I think you would like it. I'm going to look into it. You should. And you let me know if you. Yeah, man. No, seriously. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, there's a couple of things I did want to touch on. So um, with all of your things, you were talking about balance and, and your family. Um, what do you think are the best practices to balance those types of things? I know you just recently got married within the last five years. Yeah. You're looking to yeah, have kids. Well, yep. Yep. And that's going to be, that's going to present a challenge for when you're trying to get into Absolutely. college and everything. I, I mean, even this year, um, as I said, indicated earlier, I lost all this weight. A part, partially was because college, college observers kept telling me, you got to lose the weight, got to lose the weight. So it motivated me to lose weight. And the reason why I bring up the weight thing is because I got into the gym. Gym is my next passion, bro. I, I'm, I'm actually contemplating becoming a trainer just to get the certification. I love the gym. Five in the morning, I'm at the gym. I'm at the I'm there for an hour and a half. And I'm not saying that to, to get kudos. I'm just saying it became part of my life. Mm. But now because I'm refing, five o'clock in the morning, I'm at the gym. I go to work at 7.30. I get out at 3.30 and I got a 5.30 game. It's a long day, bro. So I have had to balance the gym now. So now when I see my schedule, I'm like, I got this game at night. I'm not going to the gym in the morning. I'm just not doing it. The days that I don't have a game, I'm at the gym. So I'm balancing that. With wife, with the wife, my home, my, fa- my mom, my, my siblings, I have to say, and I, I thank them. I, I call them all in November, and I say to them, guys, I'm going to be MIA for the next few months, okay? I'll be at functions or whatever, but I'm going to be MIA. So please understand that. I'll call you on my way home from games, so I make sure I contact my siblings on the way home from a game, maybe every night. I've been working almost every night. So Monday night, I call my one brother. Tuesday night, I call my mom. Wednesday night, I call my sister. Thursday night. And then when I get home, and this is why you and I have been having a hard time hooking up. Because we both have the same because problem. we have that problem. So when I get home, what my wife wants me home. Right. She mm-hmm. doesn't want to hear that, oh, you're going to go do a basketball thing? Go, right. Because in the beginning, in November, I was meeting guys to do the test, reading the books. So my wife understood. I have a great wife, bro. Like, she gets it. Um, the only thing she asks is that Sunday evenings are hers. She goes, work Monday to Friday, but can Sunday evenings be mine? I'm like, they're, they're yours, girl. So she's been great with that. Um, the season's almost coming to an end, and she's, she's glad. She also hates that I got to shave. She hates me shaved. I hate it too. I, as, I don't as mind you can it. See, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I, I don't mind it, but my wife is happy because she's like, "When's your last Catholic game?" Okay, good. You're not shaving after yeah, that. Yeah. So I think that's funny that she she pays attention to the season based on when I stop shaving. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I think that I just have to be mindful. In the beginning, I wasn't. In the beginning, I abused it a little too much. I was never home. Island Garden called. I went. I was there. Like I just did it. Four thirty game. I was done by 6.30. Oh, uh, babe, uh, Island Garden called. I got, I got an 8.30, 9.30 there, you know? And she was okay with it until she had to talk with me, and I had to take a step back. All right. Well, that's, that's good that you, you recognized it. Okay, a couple more things. Sure. Um, 
What did it take to get to where you are now? You had to sum that up. If I had to sum that up, it took a lot of work, man. It took a lot of studying of the game. Um, I watch myself on film as much as I can. Um, I think I've used the coaching, um, um, the coaching background uh, has helped me because I'm very comfortable asking the coaches for tape. I'm like, coach, mine sent me the tape on that. Yeah, yeah. And I think I have 90% of my games. I've watched myself. I'll I'll clip plays, send them to Carl Small, my mentor. I'll send it to him and say, hey, Carl, what do you think about this play? What did I do wrong? What did I see? What was I, you know? Um, I've, I also, believe it or not, I, and I learned this as a teacher. I think you become better at something when you can teach something. 1,000%. Right? Think yeah. about that. Yeah. If, I can, if I can teach you something, I'm going to get better at that. So same thing goes with this. Um, I like going early to my varsity games so I can watch the JV guys work. And I take notes for them. But it's really for me. Where, where I'll say, hey, listen, stop. Uh, make sure you close down on a three-point shot. Guess what? In my varsity game, I'll remember that. Mm-hmm. Close down on the three. Step down. Hey, use your left hand. Don't use your right hand. It helps me be a better ref. So um, looking for opportunities to teach others has helped me. Um, studying my own game tape has helped me. Studying just any game. My wife hates watching basketball with me now. Because a two-hour college game takes me five hours to watch because I'm constantly rewind, pause, look at look at where the ref is. Ooh, I like that. I like the way he did that mechanic. Ooh, and then I stop it. I do it in the mirror. <laughs> My wife is like, I'm going to bed. You know, <laughs> but it's all those little, all those little things that I did that I think make me stand out when mm-hmm. I step onto a court. I agree. You know what I'm saying? So, and I noticed that when coaches say that to me, coaches say, "Yo, you're sharp. Thank you. I work at it." You know, because you have to work at. Um, I listen to a ton of podcasts. Your referent, uh, uh, Crown. I I listen to on YouTube. There's a there's an, another uh, refing entity where they constantly are breaking down plays. So I'm a I'm a student of the game. I'm a teacher of the game. And I recognize that I don't know everything. Mm, that's good. That's important. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go? And obviously, you want to go to college. So, what's it going to take? I think it's going to take patience. Um, John Dooley, uh, a signer for women's, said said at a camp. He said, "You're you're better off going up two years later than two years earlier." I never. I didn't like hearing that. Right, because we all want what we want. You want it now. We Especially want it now. We, I want we, it now. When we put in four hundred dollars at the correct, camp and we're there. Right. When he said that, this past season, uh, quick story. I, I I wanted to get into men's college, and I went to a camp and I sent my resume. And Jack Sweeney was going to come and observe. He was there. I, great. It was awesome situation. I go. I start the game. Jack Sweeney's sitting there. And I pop my calf, man, mm. and I get hurt. And I get carried off the court. It's at Fordham University. I was totally embarrassed. Tryout was over. Bro, I had to internalize the fact that I got hurt and I got injured, and this is why my tryout was over. But this past season, I, I, I have to watching myself ref varsity games. I said to myself, I wasn't ready for college. Mm. And I had to recognize that. So in essence, I think... 
I think Mr. Sweeney would have picked me up, maybe threw me a couple games, and maybe in my head, I would have been like, ah, I made it. Nah, but I'm glad I didn't because it made this, I think this season, I've, I have become much better. Uh, and I think we could all say that, right? Every season we get better. But for me, I, I really, I really think I got better. So what's it going to take? It's going to take me to be more, it's going to take me to be patient. It's going to take more of what I'm doing, right? Keep, keep losing the weight, keep the hitting the gym, keep studying the game. And another thing, a little luck, a little luck. There's a lot of competition, bro. It's a lot of good efficient. I'm good. There's a lot of, I'm a dime a dozen, bro. So what do I have that's going to make me stand out? I don't know. I'm short. I'm stocky. That is not going to help me, right? So what else do I have? My rapport with coaches, I think it's going to help me. Clean mechanics, good judgment. I think all those things are what's going to help me. So keep working on that. Be patient. A little bit of luck. And just surrounding myself with people with the same mindset. Mm. When I come home from a game, I'm calling Carl Small. I'm calling Greg Sasiri. I'm calling guys that I'm going to talk about my game. And they listen. And guess what? We start swapping stories and da da da. That's the way it should be. Awesome. Really awesome stuff. And I, I think the thing that you failed to mention, which is the totality of everything that you just said, all the attributes, is your self awareness. The fact that you can internalize, you know, watching tape, really being, you know, really looking in the mirror and, and looking at your misgivings. And wanting to correct it and seeing what your strengths are and enhancing those strengths. I think that's your biggest asset, that you're self-aware of yourself, that you know what your shortcomings are, you know what your, your, your best attribute, you, attributes are, and you clean it all up and you continue to get better and better. Great stuff. Thank you. Um, what, is your, what is your stickiest situation that you ever had Ooh. officiating? Um, my stickiest situation, um, and I hate talking about this, but yeah, this is for referees to listen to. So it's a good, it's, I guess it's a good, um, it, it's a good forum. Um, so I won't mention names, but I worked with an official that I felt was cheating the game. And, uh, it's a very, very long story. I would need like a half hour to tell the story, but at the end of it all, I felt he was not in it for the right reasons. I think he was he was being very uh, lopsided on how he was calling the game and, and, and how he saw the game. And I was very uncomfortable with it. So the, the coach that was getting the short end of the stick um, saw it as well, called me over, said, what's going on? What's your partner calling? So I had to make a decision. Do I throw my partner on the bus and say, yes, coach, I don't know what the hell he's doing? Or... Do I bite my, bite my tongue and do the professional thing and say, Coach, when he next time he runs by here, ask him. I didn't throw him under the bus. I didn't defend him, but that was my comment. Um, and I felt very – it was a game that I felt – it was the first and only game in five seasons that I wished I wasn't a referee. And that, that says something because I love ref. I came home that night to my wife and said to her, I wish I wasn't a referee wow. because of that game, because of how he handled himself, because he's, he's my counterpart. He's my teammate. So what am I supposed to do? I can't reprimand him. Mm. I can't send him home. I can't eject him. Mm. I can't tee him. So I, now I got to deal with it. So it made me uncomfortable. It, it, it hindered me in how I called the game because now guess what I was doing? I was trying to balance it. Mm. So now I'm cheating the other way. Right. Something that I would never call a foul on, beep, I'm calling it right away just to match the fact that he called some BS down there. So now I'm doing the wrong thing. 
And that made me very uncomfortable. So I think that was the stickiest. Um, you know, yeah, there's stories with coaches and they yell at you and the kids and the fans. And I, I have stories for days on that. But that all comes with it. That, that, it bro, I'm wearing, I'm either working at, either I'm wearing a footlocker wearing that shirt or I'm on a court getting yelled at. And think about it, right? I mean, that's what we signed up for. So I'm okay with all that. It's like becoming a, a kindergarten teacher and being upset that the kid shit in his pants. Like, you're a kindergarten teacher. It comes with it. Yeah. But having a partner that did that worked that game that way, that's not what I signed up for. Mm. That's my point. Everything else I can handle. A partner that's unprofessional, cheating, I can't. I, could, I, I had a hard that's time tough. with that. That's so I tough. blacklisted him and I don't have to work with him again. Um, do you have any regrets in situations that you ever refed? If, I, and if that's the one, you have to have another one. I'm sure there are dime a dozen. Oh, I have. Bro, I think every game I probably walk away with something. I regret not calling that or I regret how I call that. Um, or I regret maybe a comment, the way I approached the coach or what I said. Um, I'll give you a good example. I did a girls game the other day. Um, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm better at a boys game. I know the rules a little. It comes more natural to me. But So I'm doing the girls game um, and this girl got a technical foul. So, so we were shooting a free throw. It was an N1. We're about to shoot the free throw. The girl from the home team, on purpose, raises her elbow and bumps the shooter while she was walking to get onto the free throw line. Right away, it was easy, technical. So we had one shot for the free throw, the, the N1, and two shots for the technical. So the coach of the shooting team says to me, all right, so what are we doing? So I said, all right, coach, we're going to shoot the free throw, the one, and then we're going to shoot two. All right, but I can have two different people shoot. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. So, boom, what do we shoot? We're shooting the N1. She shoots. Then he wants to switch. So, my partner was like, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. I messed up. Point being, what I should have did was, okay, technical file. Partner, come in. All right, what are we doing? Confer. Confer with the partner. Let's both agree what we're doing. Because what we should have done was shoot the one shot, uh, shoot the technicals first. And then point of interruption. Right. Everybody back on the line. We didn't do that. It was my fault. So I find myself in little situations like that. And that's something I have to learn. Bring my partner over. So today, I did a great job. Today, mm. I had a game. My last varsity girls game. Uh, we had a situation. Um, my partner called a common foul. I thought it should have been upgraded to intentional. But coach also saw what I saw. I run. Instead of me coming in, beep, 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 beep. I was like, all right, coach, let me go talk to my partner. I went over to him. What do you think? This is what I saw. He disagreed with me. I said, listen, it was in your area. I'm just telling you, I'm just feeding you information. My partner said, thank you. He said, no, we're going common foul. He explained to the coach, everything was fine. But can you imagine if I would have came in with the beep, 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 my partner would have been like, you're crazy. So I'm learning. Uh, yeah, so I think every game, there's a, a one or two calls that I regret, um, but it's getting better. Mm. Well, I, I'll definitely say, I have an NBA mentor, too, um, and she says, fail, fail spectacularly, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's really important to get these failures out because you learn it one time, you probably won't do it again, right? But that it's going to continue to happen. That is because true. Because it's kind of like, you know, we can't perceive everything in the world. I'm never going to know what it's like for my wife to be pregnant. I can, I can conceptualize it in my head. I can understand what's going on, but I'm never going to feel it. So that probably means that there's infinitesimal different types of plays that you probably will never see. Never see. But when you do see that. Be ready. Be ready. And it's it's your duty that, you know, hopefully it happens in a low stakes game. That way, in a high stakes game, 
you know how to do it. And I think it's our duty, somebody like me and you, that's an educator, to let everyone know what what happens. Because, you know, that might be their pregnant situation. They might not ever see that. But when they do see that, at least they know how to respond. You're absolutely right. That's a good point. Yeah. And I, and one of the things I do in my pregame, uh, I guess we could talk about this another time, but I like in the pregame asking my partner, give me a funky play you had recently. How did you guys handle it? I like it? that. And we talk about like a loose ball situation or we'll talk about, you know, the wrong shooter or whatever. And and you know what? I'm telling you, bro, I don't know what it is or why it happens. Murphy's Law. I don't know what it is. But we talk about a situation and then it happens in our game. Self-fulfilling prophecy. And then, bang, we, we know how to handle it because mm. we just discussed it. Right. And that's something new that I added to my pregame. Like, let's talk about some funky yeah, plays. I'm going to add that one, too. Yeah. Okay, what, how about having said all of these things, what is the best experience that you had mm. officiating? The best experience, I honestly, is the friendships and the people that I've met, man. Carl Small, he's like my brother, man. Like, he's like my brother, too. He's like my brother. Like, legitimately, like, like I love the guy. Like, he's, my, he's like my brother. I speak more to him from November to February than I do my own brothers. Um, having met you, um, and his... Mr. Washington. What's up, killer? What's up, killer? (laughs) You know, I've met these men, men that I respect and that I want in my circle that I would never have met. Bro, um, Anthony Mason. I'll give you a great story with Anthony Mason. Anthony Mason was a ref when I was a coach. And I remember when he would walk into my gym, I was like, ah, this guy is just the most unfriendly person and just like doesn't talk, you know? And I'm this friendly guy and I'm, I walk up to her, hey guys, how you doing? And I wasn't trying to get them one way. That was just, that's me. Right. And the guys are always like standoffish. I become an official. Anthony Mason is the first ref I work with. Oh, of course. So I walk into Island Garden and I see Anthony, you know, Anthony on the arbiter. I see his name. I show up and it's him. I'm like, okay, how's this going to be? Bro, one of the most personable, funniest guys I've ever met. So my point being is what people see us as refs, that's not who we are. I have to say, that's, at least for me, that's not who I am. I have you know, people in the stands, hey, ref, how you doing? Hello, good evening. You know, normally I'm like, hey, how are you? How you doing? My name is Faith. I don't because I'm working. I'm working and I'm, a, I'm an arbiter and I have to have no affiliation mm. to home or away. So anyway, so I get why Anthony Mason was like that. But back then I didn't. Right. So I think the best part of this has been the people that I've met in the whole process. Um, John McCrink. Uh, let me tell you. R.I.P. R.I.P. Mr. McCrink. I had a hard time liking him in the beginning until I realized this guy is loves this so much that he's not here to play games. And he's a protector. He's a protector of the girls' association. Yes. That's why they take. you have to do it two years. No. So, bro, so, again, when you don't know, you don't know, and you right. make these judgments. And then you come to find out this man single-handedly turned it around. Turned it around. Mm-hmm. And when I went to his funeral, bro, and I found out that he had children, I found out he was this Navy guy on a nuclear submarine. I'm just like, fascinated that these men that I know as officials are something bigger than that. I think that's great. Absolutely. Um, you have any final thoughts before we part ways? Yeah, man. Listen, for me personally, I, th- I want to thank you for having me on this. Uh, I always feel that I have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm always, I don't want to, I don't want to be a know-it-all because I'm not, 
but I do have a lot to say. Like I care about people and I care about people progressing. And uh, when I do the top 100, for example, there's three officials, three young officials. I don't like mentioning names, but you know, like I've gone to their junior high games to watch them ref, give them feedback. I don't need money. I'm not doing it for money. I'm doing it because when I became a teacher, I said to myself, I'm going to be the teacher that I needed when I was a teenager because my parents went through a divorce and there was other crap that happened in my life and I needed certain type of people around me to help me through these things. And I didn't have that. Mm. Luckily, I had support other ways, but I didn't have that per se. I became a teacher and that's how I, I, I treat my kids, my students, the way I want my children to be treated, right? The reason why I say that to you is because as an official now that I'm this varsity guy, I want to teach what I've learned to other people and hopefully they become better than me. Mm. And I'll be there crying watching them doing an NCAA, you know, with tears in my eyes saying, yo, he made it. I just feel like that's been my, I think that that's my calling in life, personally. That's what I think, to help others become best, better versions of themselves. So I want to thank you for giving me that forum to maybe share something. And maybe even if I reach one person who says, wow, yo, let me, let me get more passionate about this. Mm. Great. You know what I mean? And I hope that this relationship that you and I have uh, continues to you oh, know, we'll, grow. We'll be doing championship you games know, in no that's time. That's it. And and you know what? And if, we, and if we aren't off the court, I hope that, uh, I mean, on the court, off the court as well. 1,000%. This will definitely grow. And, um, you know, just to piggyback on your point, I always say that success comes in groups. And a lot of my mentors, you know, there's so many different facets when it comes to basketball and officiating in general. Maybe your varsity status in a private league. Maybe you're of our city status in a yeshiva league. Maybe somebody's doing it completely different. But to me, it's like if we have a strong team around, we're all laying down roots. And that way I can pull up somebody else's arm and something that I don't have. Like, for instance, the private league, you're going to help me with that. Correct. You know, maybe maybe I can get you into lacrosse or anything Correct. like that. And, Correct. and that's what I mean. We want to proliferate. And, and that's why I think it's most important that this is a thing that as competitive as it is, as individual as it is, it's always important to come out with a group because we can all succeed together. 100%. And, and that's the most important thing to me. 100%. And that's why we're here. Thank you. Yeah. My Amen. Man, this has been great. Yo, really great, bro. Really good. Thank you. Looking forward to the next one. For Fabian Jarrett, this is Ralph the Ref.